Alrighty, good morning everybody. Happy new week. Hope you're doing amazing. Um, I'm excited to have one of my very, very fresh, hot off the press published authors right here next to me, Sue Willoughby. Um, as you can see from the title of today's interview, uh, she wrote a book called A Retribution or Rehabilitation, which is behind her, uh, Hope for a Life Beyond Maximum Security Prison, which is quite different and unique to some of the other topics that we we hear um and uh sue is based in regional um you know central new south wales um and i'll read her official introduction so you know who she is and then we can talk about this very interesting topic that we probably don't get a lot of exposure to um in our day today um unless you're someone like sue so we'll be delving deeper into you know this 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 world all right so let me give you the official introduction Sue Willoughby has uh, been able to achieve a lifelong goal of leading a purposeful life by helping people to escape the cycle of incarceration. In her book, Retribution or Rehabilitation, she describes what it's like working inside a maximum security jail daily alongside criminals convicted of extremely violent crimes. She gives the public a glimpse of life inside the prison walls. The jail that she works in, Macquarie Cor uh, Correctional Centre is in region regional New South Wales and it is uh, applying principles that have been found to be successful in other jails around the world, mainly Scandinavian jails. In retribution or rehabilitation, God, that's a mouthful. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Um, there is an interview with a person who has recently been released from maximum security jail. The words are written just as he has said them and his interview uh, will give the reader insight into a new age of rehabilitation. Welcome, Sue. I am super excited and proud to have you sitting here alongside me. Um, so good morning. Good morning. Excellent. So tell me, I mean, this is quite a big topic and a unique to topic, right? Um, yes. You know, Tell me a little bit about how long had you uh, th thought about writing a book and also why this topic, you know, that you were pas you're passionate about. So I, I suppose I've always led a life that I've wanted to help people and I have a different career path. So I've sort of ended up in corrective services where I have been able to help people sort of turn their thinking around and maybe change their lives for the better. And in the back of the mind, my mind, really probably all my life, I've wanted to write a book. So then the two things have come together so that when I had uh, an opportunity to write a book, I thought, well, why don't I write about what I do at my work every day? I think that most people will be interested how life goes on inside uh, our jails mm -hmm. and how we have really become a progressive jail, Macquarie Jail. Uh, what Corrective Services New South Wales has looked outside themselves and looked basically at world sort of trends and what's been achieved in other jails throughout the world that are really positive and trying to decrease that rate of inmates returning back to jail. So they, Corrective Services New South Wales has sort of got some great leaders there and has really started to engage these new principles because I think most of us realise that uh, the old Albert Einstein saying that if you keep doing the same thing over and over and again and expecting different mm -hmm. results, then 
well, well that's meant to be <laughs> the definition yeah. of insanity. So trying sort of being progressive thinking and trying new ideas that have been successful in other places and then putting them inside our jails has been definitely a, a wonderful, basically, experiment because the jail that I, I work in was really a one and only when it was first set up. Uh, over the last sort of few years, there's been more jails starting to take the same principles on a, in, on a board so that they can apply principles that are going to really set up inmates uh, better for when they're released from jail, giving them different types of skills um, so that they also change their thinking and that they, a lot of them come into jail and they don't have a lot of hope for their mm. life. They just get caught up in the cycle of returning to jail so that they come in um, it's sort of like in some ways really like hopelessness. So I feel that my job often is to help them have hope for a better future. And by doing that, it helps all of us in society because if, if, if you can help one person get out and not return to jail, yeah. then it has like a flow-on effect. So, yeah, the two, the two ideas came together and, yeah, that's how I wrote the book. I love that. And um, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about a lot of things that happen or how things unfold you know what what are kind of maybe some of the most common questions that you get asked and by the way for anyone watching this live right now if you do have a question for sue post it i've got my phone as a, underneath um following any comments um as we go along but yeah I'll, i'd be curious you know if anyone does have a question do bring it up but what is the one thing like you know i guess what i'm curious about is you talk about the criminal mindset and what are maybe some two or three things that you guys do to help them, you know, shift that mindset to like, you know, uh, a non-criminal. Yeah, 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 to give them that hope for changing that mindset. Yeah. So there's a few different things. And one of the things that I do is that um, I facilitate programs that are to address their criminogenic needs, which is to help to change their attitudes uh, about crime, so that then they start to address some of their some of their problems. So that might be problems with aggression, where they sort of need to learn some uh, emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. So that's one area. Obviously, addictions. A lot of incarcerated people have different problems with addictive behaviours. Probably the ultimate one is drug addiction. But yeah. there's also other things like gambling and uh, alcohol addiction. So addressing those things is another really important uh, area that we, we do inside the jail. The other couple of things are giving them education because a lot of them have come from limited education. So within the jail, there's language and literacy classes to increase their literacy. Some of them might have, you know, quite poor reading and writing skills, but then also progressing on with their education into other things, things of interest um, and things that will help them when they're released from jail, like there's business courses, there's courses in all sorts of things, gardening, art, but also courses that they can do like traineeships, which ties in with the other thing is really giving them some work skills. So within the jail, yeah, yeah. So if they can 
complete a traineeship and maybe get a certificate two or certificate three, which is a trade qualification, then they can come out of jail with a with a cert three in welding or carpentry. That's a trade qualification. So they're very, very employable people then. And even with a certificate two in those type of things, welding and carpentry, I know that inmates have got jobs just locally. Like one, one inmate has now got an apprenticeship with a builder and he'd been working in our carpentry unit. So that's fantastic. And uh, others have been in our, we've got two metal workshops there are obviously other industries and those workshops have given inmates traineeships. TAFE comes in, does the assessing so that they have the actual work skills, you know, like welding and that. And then they have been able to get employment mm -hmm. use, using those skills of, that they've learned in jail. So they're probably the three main areas, which is yeah. the work. Awesome. You've got some questions here. Um, I will sh we will share a link, Jody, uh, to purchase the book. Um, that's coming towards the end of the interview. And if Lindy's uh, watching this, she can post it a little bit earlier. But Jennifer Maguire is asking, do you believe that every prisoner is capable of being rehab rehabilitated? Or are there some characteristics that are unable to be changed and are too high risk to rejoin society? Um, that's an interesting question. Jen, I, personally, I believe that everybody should be able to lead a purposeful life. Um, and as I said, I, I, I like to give them hope. So, yeah, I, I, I would say by far the vast majority, there might be a very small percentage of people that maybe never get released from jail or shouldn't. And a lot of them might even have mental health issues. So it's they might have committed terrible crimes, but it's actually sometimes to do with their mental health. So that by the by far the majority, you know, 90, 95%, I do believe, yeah, can be rehabilitated. They often find a life when they have some education, come to us, as I said, addressing more their criminal mindset and then uh, getting some work skills that they've never really experienced before. Like they'll often have never had a job and, as I said, had very limited schooling. So by giving them those tools, it also really raises their own self-esteem. So then they start believing themselves. So, yeah, I, I, I do believe by far, by far the majority, they'd only be a very, very small Tiny, yeah, yeah, percentage, or yeah, only a very few people that I really believe that could be rehabilitated. And I believe, I mean, if you don't believe in them being able to yeah. be rehabilitated, which is your role, how they're gonna, like, you know, yes. like, you know, it, it just wouldn't happen. If you believe something, you'll be right, and if you don't, you'll also be right. Yeah. So you need to step into that, you know, mentoring and coaching role to um, help them see their purpose, their future, yes. and yeah. their, set some goals and all that sort of stuff, which is, you know, that it, you're, a, you're a mentor, counsellor, coach to them. And um, same as me, like if I don't believe that every single person I work with has everything within them to write a book, yes. you know, then I won't see as high a percentage rate of people finishing and having their books and, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. You have to believe it, the ones that, 
you know, you take care of um, because, you know, it, it makes a big difference, I think, when you have, because maybe so many others have lost hope on them, right? Yes, that's, that's for sure, Nat. And exactly what you just said is that I feel that you've got to have trust and belief that they can do it. And then it gives them that confidence that they can. I've actually had them also say that they don't want to let other people down. It might be their family members, yeah. might be us, you know, like if we go, look, we, we really believe that you can lead a life, not a, a criminal lifestyle, they start to believe in themselves because, yeah, if they don't, if, if they doubt themselves, if there's just that slight bit of doubt, which they've had basically all their life, then they probably won't succeed. And just as you said, that's right. You having the belief helps them to also believe that they can uh, turn their life around. Really. Yeah, I love that. How um, my curiosity around this is, you know, they've done a bit of training and, you know, they've, they've been released and all that sort of stuff. How difficult is it in society for those people to be then employed? Because don't they like, you know, when you go to get employed, yeah. you get asked, do you have a criminal record and all that? How do you like navigate or advise on approaching that conversation with future employers? Yes, um, that, that's such a big thing because so many um, of our inmates within the jail will say that they find it really, really hard to get employment because they have a criminal record. And again, that sort of adds to that hopelessness. So finding employers that will give someone a second chance, they've got to have, okay, I'm going to give this person sort of my faith for one month, two months, three months, whatever it is, and trust in them that they'll do the job. And often, again, once they get there and start working, and if they've built those skills up while they're in jail, they're very capable workers and they work hard. Yeah. This one inmate that's in my book, his employer has said, you know, he's the best employee I've ever had. He, he said, like, as soon as he got out and started working, he mm -hmm. said to our metal shop in the jail, how many more can we have? He said he's a fantastic worker. So he learned those skills while he was in jail and now he's able to employ them on the actual work site. So, yeah, it's it really is some employers... Um, probably doubt that and uh yeah it's a lot of the time they just find getting employment really hard so a lot of them will end up in sort of private businesses they'll have a brother-in-law who owns a construction yeah. business or a trucking so often that that's the way they'll get a job uh but yeah it's it's a lot on the private employers to give someone else a second chance really Mm. really I think maybe to give them that mindset of to stay persistent you know you need to ask 100 people and you'll get one you know what I mean that mm. it's going to give you that second chance and not just give up at the first five that go no 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 um yes. you know and um there will be others you know everyone's a different personality mm. um and um yeah oh I, I get that so yeah that, those are great tips there's another question here from Susie what percentage come from abusive childhoods is there a special training for to help them sort out those issues um that's a another fantastic question because in the book I write that like a lot of them have come from neglectful in abusive sort of backgrounds uh being neglected as children and haven't learned some of the social norms that so many of the rest of us have learned, so they don't know how to act in society. So, yes, we have counsellors, uh, psychologists within the jail to help them address a lot of that past trauma. 
So, yeah, not just myself in our roles, like we have our training isn't to that of a psychologist, but, yeah, the psychologists and a lot of trauma-informed practices apply within the jail so that not only even at the high level of psychologists, but even that the custodial officers sort mm. of treat the inmates really with trauma-informed practice. So, yeah, addressing, addressing those issues and helping them move past that is another really big step for them not returning to jail. Because sometimes yeah. that, that trauma, then that leads to those addictive behaviours, like I was saying about drug addiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. addressing the cause, not the actual effect, which is the addiction, if you can address that cause, and then, then there is more basically success. There'll be a so, different yeah. effect. <laughs> if yeah. you address the cause, there'll be a different effect, right? Yeah, and, yeah for I mean, sure. Every single one of us has something from our childhood that we've worked on or need to work on that produces certain negative behaviours. You know, it doesn't have to always mean in the sense of, um, you know, a criminal activity, but um, yes. I believe every human being could do a bit with a bit of, childhood reprogramming um <laughs> along the way and certainly with your guys um or ladies um the prison is men and women is that it? um that the it? actual jail that i work at is an oil male jail but obviously okay. there are ones and there's one very close oh, to okay. us that has women as well but yeah yeah there i work at some that was right when saying your guys <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. No, but it applies for, for everybody and um, yes. it would be definitely you see I, I believe you would see a lot of childhood trauma and yes. um perhaps obs observing behavior that's then been repeated in the cycle you know yeah through. and it's often a light bulb moment for them when they start to realize that they've been trying to suppress all that trauma all their life and again dealing maybe with either a lot of gambling or doing, you know, drugs to make themselves feel better while hiding that trauma. So once they start to address the actual cause and, and, and they have to go, oh, maybe this is why I keep returning to jail second, third, fourth yeah. time. And if I can address that with some help, as I said, sort of through psychology and counselling, then that, that can often be a, a big trigger for them to help yeah. them to turn their life around yeah. they don't know what they don't know right yeah that's that's exactly right yeah. you know they haven't had access to personal development or some of these conversations that go deep within their subconscious mind and all that sort of stuff so um it's about bringing awareness self-awareness so yeah yeah def definitely awareness and even them learning some skills like in some of the programs we do we do some things like mindfulness so yeah. They start to learn how to, some skills to de-stress themselves because mm. often they're in a highly anxious state and it's like sort of running. I often think of like a little mouse on the treadmill just running, running, running and they don't know how to stop and settle and start to sort of let those emotions settle and, yeah, it's, it's learning new skills and, and just what you said, yeah, they haven't, you don't know what you don't know so they they've never sort of been too exposed to that so a part mm. of corrective services is exposing them to new ideas and new skills that they can start to apply 
like you said, education. Hey, there's another question from Jen. Um, have you ever seen or run the cost benefit analysis yourself to understand the cost savings involved in rehabilitating a person instead of incarcerating them for a longer term? Um, well, personally, Jen, I haven't run those statistics, <laughs> but I do believe that if we have somebody who keeps returning to jail, that what is that costing the public purse? So if we can rehabilitate them and stop that process, again, so the inmate that um, has the interview in my book, he writes that he's around about the mid-40s now and he's been in and out of jail since 20. So for 25 years. So if you think how much that's cost, and then for the last 18 months, he hasn't returned to jail. And again, in the book he states, when we did the interview, which is approximately 12 months ago now, he said that that first six months was the longest time he had never gone back to jail. And that was only six months out of 25 years. So it doesn't take long to realise that if you can keep someone out for 18 months or two years, then having them keep coming back to jail, that that's going to be a cost benefit for all yeah. society because it's not, yeah, it's, it's obviously a very expensive process to incarcerate people. So, yeah, as I said before, just helping one person. So the more you can multiply that, the, the saving to, to all societies and financially will be enormous. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. then they'll also be adding value by working somewhere and supporting yeah. themselves and being a taxpayer and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. keeping them is definitely yeah. a huge. Yeah, so they're contributing. Yeah, so they're contributing financially to the community instead of costing the community financially, as well as that's in other right. ways. But yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, hmm. and Jen's just comment. Wow, such a massive benefit to uh, rehab them, you know, to uh, society to rehab them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what what other stuff? Is this the kind of stuff you talk about throughout the book? Like, you know, if someone's to buy your book, what are they, you know, give me a little blurb of what they're going to learn through it, throughout um, it. Yeah, well, that's very similar to what I, I write about. Um, I write about some of the trends in the other successful jails within the world about mm. what's been happening in Australian jails. And then, yeah, different ideas. Um, yeah. There's one called uh, Therapeutic Communities. There's a chapter about that where that's discussing that people need to feel part of a community and that they are contributing to it and that then the community has say in what they do so that if they do something wrong, um, it becomes mm -hmm. a, a whole community sort of approach and and. That's, that's sort of within the book. So, yeah, there's different things and, and, and ideas about rehabilitation and how we're really, it's such an exciting point where we can just keep expanding some of these new strategies that are being applied like in a jail like mine. So, yeah, it's very yeah. exciting. I love, I love, you know, how you have, you have found your own lane within, I mean, really what you do is personal development and helping someone grow and achieve new goals and move beyond the life of crime and yes. all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I love like how you've, you know, you've looked, you know, what have you been doing for your last 10,000 hours plus, you know, and, and put it in a book. And I know she's writing another book, you guys. Yes. Um, and we're chatting about it before we jumped on the yes. call. Uh, but more importantly, let's talk about the process. How did you find going through the 48 hour author program? Obviously, we're going to be working together on the second book as well. 
But yeah. how was that for you? And, um, you know, just give me, I guess, your experience. Oh, that, um, I always feel that I'm one of the lucky ones because I attended one of your seminars. And as soon as mm -hmm. I attended that seminar, I'm a person who normally am a thinker and procrastinate. And I thought, right, if I, if that little seed inside me that I've had there all my life, I want to write a book. I went to your seminar and thought, right, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to sign up straight away. And that's exactly what I did. So I went for the full package because I, again, I work full time. So I'm quite time poor and yeah. I wanted people that could do things for me. I didn't want to have to be finding editors and publishers and all that myself. So the 48-hour community and it is a community and a team isn't it that have helped me so much different people do different jobs and I, mm -hmm. I couldn't have asked for more the whole process has been exciting and the support from your team is just fantastic because you can email them or send them a message anytime and someone always gets back to you and helps you so yeah it's been yeah. so so supportive from beginning to end. So, yeah, fantastic, fantastic oh, opportunity. I'd recommend it to anyone. <laughs> yeah, Sign up. I've, I've, loved, I've loved working with you as well because so what we haven't shared about Sue is, like, she'd have her list of seven or eight questions and she'd let's jump on a call to get through. Uh, she'd come prepared, you guys, and she'd go, duh, 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 and we'd answer and go through and she'd move on and get on with stuff. So that was also a big difference between people who succeed and people who lag or take a little bit longer is that you were very proactive in the process yourself. You didn't yes. just kind of sit back and, yes, it's a done-for-you process, but you were also a wonderful person to mentor and take through this. Uh, and I know you'll have no trouble in a book two. So what's book two about giving these guys a little teaser um, right now? So, so book two will be a little bit of a continuation of uh, the first book, Re retribution or rehabilitation but it's sort of delving more into the rehabilitation and then setting up for inmates that are being released from jail because a, a really big thick bridge needs to be created from the inside the jail to outside and community for people for these incarcerated people to then live in society you know get themselves a house have a job start to have a normal recreation life and those skills are something that really needs to be developed because a lot of times it's either their family or the friends that they've had they actually actually have to often totally change their whole group of friends and if you think about that if you've had friends 20 or 30 years or again even family members that probably hasn't haven't been positive mentors in your life very hard to step up have the strength and the confidence within yourself to say, right, no, I, I can't be part of that anymore. I, I won't yeah. see you. I won't take your calls. So in the next book, I'm going to write more, I'm writing more about sort of in the community and once they're released and setting up a, a pathway, or as I said, a really strong bridge between custody and community because that I think even in jail they can feel positive it's very it's they're isolated there so they don't have all those negative peers in their life that they would normally be seeing every day who've sort of dragged them down so they can often feel oh I can do this I can do this but then when they release from jail if they don't have the support mentoring and all that 
basically that they need to help support them like they've had in jail, then that's how often they just start to step back. They've got no money, they get out with no employment, they've got no money. All of a sudden those friends start coming around and saying, hey, why don't we do this? I know how to help you get a bit of money. And then they're starting to get back into the criminal behaviours and before they know it, they're back in custody. So the next book is more about that being released from jail and setting up all those great things like employment, obviously a really big thing like um, that they can have employment, but then a house, like so many get out for homelessness and not having somewhere to live. Again, like if they don't address that really quickly, they can be on the slippery slope back to jail. So things like that um, to help them once they've acquired these skills in jail to be applying them in the real world and practising those skills outside in community. So that's really what the second book's more about. I heard yeah. you say custody or community. Could that be the title of book? Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You actually said it and I said I, I, I was waiting for you to finish talking because that's obviously a nice connection to the first one being retribution or rehabilitation then we go custody or community there you go we're sorted for the book title it's perfect because you know you want that um the branding of what it all is that's beautiful i love it too so where can people buy this book um Nat, so i've got my own website and that's the best place which is just suewillaby.com so it's pretty easy to find it and that's put it up there on the screen so if you go to my website suewillaby.com you can purchase the book and i've had a special on that because as i said i've only the book's only been printed for a few weeks and i've had a, a special on which goes till the 14th of August, which is only a few days away now, where I've had an introdu- introductory price of 19.95. So yeah, so for the next got a few yeah, days or week. Suewillaby.com. Um, those that are listening to this as an audio, Sue is just S-U-E and Willoughby W-I-L-L-O-U-G-H-B-Y.com. I just wanted to say it because some people do listen to this just purely as audio and they can't see the screen. Uh, but it's really easy to remember, isn't it? So yeah. um, go and grab it. The people are already asking for the link. I actually already put the link on the live that's um, happening on Facebook right now. Um, but, yeah, uh, Jen, Jen's just saying brilliant. Second book title, definitely Custody or Community. Uh, and uh, Lindy's reposted the link. So, Sue, um, I am really, really admire what you have done and what you're going to continue to do. I can't wait to work on book number two. Um, I think you're coming to the November uh, program are you yeah, yeah 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 that's nice. that's the plan yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah nice yeah yeah i am planning on coming I look to, forward to having you having you there and um prepping we're about to move into our august retreat which is this week tomorrow yes um yes. So we're, retreat week where we're like everything's getting set up and it's you know that time of the year only happens four times so i can't wait yeah. to you know be there with you again. Congratulations. Um, I'm so glad there's people like you doing these things to help society um, and obviously the people as well to give them hope and purpose. Uh, so have an amazing week. Um, Thank you. Go and transform some more people. <laughs> um, and guys, as always, you guys go and smash it out. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Bye. Bye.